Hi, this is Mark. This is what happened last time. To prepare for the fight with Faradwin, and with the help of Venumbra, the leader of the Philobras, Relap created a magical copy of himself. The party plus one then traveled to a gigantic ethereal tree, the home of infighting night witches. They dealt with pit goblins, rotting trolls, and a coven of hags who sold them a crystal gargoyle-faced doorknocker, which they believe comes from the elusive fortress of Fothil, the exiled Fey Lord of Twilight, who absorbed the essence of Asherwalnir, and carries a crystal staff that serves as Nox's connection to the world. They confronted Faradwen, and after a moonlit battle, the broken body of the hag lay at their feet. It's over, Zan. She's gone. Are we sure? Not totally. The body of the hag in front of you is this shriveled mess. You almost get the feel that it quivered a little bit. I really think it'd be best if we burn this. Let's ensure that it's not coming back. Good idea. Fire does purify. Your voices are all echoing a little bit in this cavernous space. That moon in the ceiling seems to be slowly losing its luster. It's kind of cracked up. People were attacking it during the fight, and there's a breeze coming through. But you seem to be fairly alone here. Just the body of Faradwin in uh, tattered robes and a pair of bracers of elven make. Lucan gets out his fire starter and hands it over to Zan and says, go for it. Let's finish her. She'll take the fire starter and try to begin the fire around various parts of the body to fully consume the corpse. It's not a great smell, but it does catch fire and before you know it, you have a little Faradwin bonfire. Hoga walk over. Do you guys have like some sort of right for your enemies? Do. I don't And then she'll just spit on the corpse and walk away. <laughs> Alright, now that I can get behind and I just like <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I don't think that's actually accurate. I still hit it. There's accuracy for you. <laughs> this place is big and cold and empty are you sort of waiting for it to burn down yeah sure make sure the job is done yeah for sure for sure do we know where this both is i can check but i don't think we're that close i'll focus on the bloodstone and try to get a sense where air quotes asher walner is seems to be pretty far away i mean certainly not as far away as you had been initially when you checked near the shadow of meridor but it seems to be sort of on the move and what's odd about it is that it's like it disappears for a second and then it moves elsewhere you can sense that he's on this plane but then he'll be gone for a second and then he'll pop up and he's miles from the spot that you sensed him last boy be nice to have fuel again <laughs> um, Lucan, in desperation, is going to kneel down and start praying to Lucian to send fuel again. <laughs> Do I get a sense of what direction? Is he going in a linear path? No, it seems pretty random. Is he coming back to any certain spot? 
Is he leaving and then coming back? It's hard to say because it's more about distance and direction. And so it's a little bit hard to know for sure. Hey, Rila. Yeah. You think this crystal skull thing can get us to that? Give us some information to like how to track down this floating castle. Yeah, I'm not exactly certain how, though. Well, here, check it out. See what information you can glean from it. Okay, I'll sit and study it for a little bit. I want to cast Identify Ritual. The crystal's enchanted, but it's that moon crystal, you know, the stuff that you have seen the elves use that you fought outside the mines near Belnalaire. It's nothing you haven't seen before. But it doesn't have, like, any uh, magical... Nope. What you do know is that you saw a picture of this knocker in the room of paintings, and it was part of a dark fortress. Is everyone ready to face this full field now? <sighs> we need to stop him as soon as possible. So I don't think we have a choice. Listen, I probably could go a few rounds, but how's everybody else really doing? Are you ready to fight the thing that's trying to invade our world and destroy it all and send it back into the darkness? I'm not at full capacity, but I will do what I can. Oh, is he brushing some dirt off his shoulder? I think I'll be alright. Well, I can get us there to the castle. So I don't imagine a completely abandoned castle without any interference mean, on the way there. You mean all the quadrim that he runs? I can get us there, that's not a problem. Do you want to try and take a rest, or should we get to him as soon as possible? I think time is of the essence. Okay. All you do notice the ash pile of Faradwin has some shiny parts. What do we have here? Knock it around with my sword. I'm not just going to reach into a person's ashes. There is a good amount of platinum and gold, and the bracers <laughs> that she had on are still intact. They have been unsinged by the fire. You're rich. The magic bracers, what are they made of? Stiff brown leather, green stitching. Hey, Rilop, check it out. And I'm going to chuck them right at his head. I'm going to wow. start counting the coins out. There's 3,235 gold pieces and 1,600 platinum. I take one platinum, flip it in the air, and then catch it. Guess this is my coin for the day. Oh, no, this is, this is everybody. No, just this one. I don't need the rest. Fine by me. I'm just start scooping it into my bag. Looking at the other three, you guys are welcome to this. We'll just sort it out later. No problem, Hold. I'll just nod. Do you want me to take a look at these now for you, Hold? If you want to check them out, that's fine. All right, give me ten minutes. You did get a couple of potions last time, too. I don't know if you want to look at those. I can identify it all. We might as well just take the short rest at this point. Yeah, for sure you can take a short rest, yeah. The bracers are bracers of defense, and Zan was right. One of those potions that was red was a healing potion. It's a superior healing potion. Okay. And you also picked up two blue potions that bubbled and steamed as if they're boiling, and they are both potions of heroism. Okay. I will hand the potion of heroism one to Merrick and one to Lucan. Thanks. And the superior healing, I'm going to be like, I'll hold on to this just in case. So these bracers have Adam relap. I think this will be good for all of us. Okay. 
Alright, take your rest. I'm to teleport. Everybody gather around. Alright, everybody hold hands. Concentrate on the skull and mutter something under my breath. There's still two of you? Oh yeah. The darkness closes in on you and then pulls back away like black paint being poured over your eyes or something and then as it drains you all find yourself in a cluttered room it smells of chemicals and there's a familiar sucking sound uh repetitive you're in a lab of sorts and there are bodies in beds that are connected to tubes and there's giant machinery that the tubes extend to and some of the bodies are in partial vivisection you're in a spot where the machinery is cutting off a wing of this room the room itself looks to be pretty large and there's what looks to be a pale dwarf hooked up to the bed right in front of you in this likeness of life is he uh, covered by a blanket he's in full view and he's missing some pieces I walk over and stand above the dwarf, see if he has any kind of reaction. Yeah, no. His eyes are open, but he's not seeing anything. Not as far as along the path, but it seems like his mind's already gone. I suppose we should kill him before moving on. Put an end to this macabre experiment. Mercy is our best option. I can't say that for certainty. I can't say that for certainty, but their salvation lies beyond me. And he looks at Zan. You've had to deal with these bodies before? Are we in the castle? Did we make it? We made it. This is that experiment we found in Rontaman. Correct. We're in the right place. Yep. How many of them are there? Dozens, from what you can see, but you don't know what's on the other side of the machinery. The machinery actually is loud enough, you know, that sucking noise, before you dealt with one of them. And this is several, so it's relatively loud. You don't feel like you have to be horribly quiet right here. She's going to try to get a sense of what the size of this room is. If it's just these people or if there's more beyond the machinery. Is there a pathway? Is there a place to walk or something? You're kind of along one wall and there's a row of these beds and the tubes coming from this big bank of machinery. So you could walk down and sneak between a couple of the machines or you could quickly find a place to look past them. You see more of the same. You see vats full of chemicals and it's very clearly caustic stuff the air is hazy above it that's probably what you're breathing in we got to remember to burn this place on our way out or we can do it now agreed you also do see zan some pit goblins moving around among the machinery and a few pale elves thankfully nobody really close they don't seem to note that you're there is there a visible exit out of this room yeah, it looks like there actually are a few. You could walk the wall, and there are some exits you can locate. Should you look for the closest unguarded one, if there is one, to try to direct everybody to, and then be the last one to climb up and launch a fireball into that caustic mist in hope of igniting all of the chemicals and burning that whole room down. Nice. Everybody roll stealth with advantage. 16. Got a 30. Got a 14. I really want to lie and say I got a 1, but I got a 14. I got 11. You get to the door, and again, you see elves and pit goblins. They're all lab technicians and quasi-doctors of some sort. They don't seem to see you as you crawl along the walls. And you get to the doorway, and then you can 
definitely see a sizable vat that would be within range of a fireball. All right. With the white holy avenging light, she will throw it into the vat and then start running up the staircase, assuming this whole thing's going to go up. Huge echoing explosion as that stuff tears through a pair of pit goblins that are walking by and engulfs the place. And as that happens, more and more vats start to pop. And so as you're running up the stairs, you can hear more and more rumblings and the place is shaking. You come up this stone stairway and you come across a hallway. It's a T intersection, but there is a door immediately in front of you. I'll focus on the bloodstone, which general direction is Fothil. He is maybe a floor up, less than 100 yards from you, relatively close to where you are, but above you, a floor up. Keep an eye out for stairs. He's above us someplace. And I'll look at Hulk a little bit, and then I'll slowly start reaching for the door. All right, hold on. Let's make sure we don't have some alarm. Well, I mean, alarms are moot. Considering we just blew up however many people back there. Let's just look for a trap. Lucian's guidance. Lucan's guidance. <laughs> That's how you jinx it. That is an investigation roll of 30. It does seem to be trapped. There's some sort of mechanism on it that you think might clamp down on your hand or something like that when you reach in. It's sort of a concave with the handle. Well, let's go ahead and deal with that. Get this out of here. Lucian's guidance. Sigrid Foot. Wrong that is a 35 thieves tool <laughs> check. So he uh, messes around with his thieves tools, and then suddenly this doorknob ejects itself out. He had to trigger it when nobody's hand was in it, and it does clamp down with this nasty-looking claw. But the door at that point actually opens. It undid the latch as well. I'll pick up the doorknob and it to Hulk. Don't know if he did this. And then I'll walk into the room. Yeah, I'll just toss it back over my shoulder. <laughs> clank, clank, clank. This seems to be a living quarters of sorts, and it's relatively nice. There's a four-post bed and an armoire and a couple of pieces of wooden furniture. But you realize when you walk in that there's no sound in here. It's silenced. I walk back out of the room, say, may the flame guide me, and then light up destiny and walk back into the room with this glowing sword of death. Ready for a fight. Your sword lights up. Nothing seems to be affecting your magics or anything like that. It just, for whatever reason, there's a silence spell or something on this room. I'll look hmm. around for another entrance or exit uh, the, or stairs. Uh, there's a, a wooden door to your right. I'll point at Hulk and then point at my eyes and then the whole room. And then I'll walk over to the door. Does it look like the other door or does it look like a normal door handle? This does look a little more normal. I'll try it. You open it up and there is an elven male, apparently Guadream, right? They're all these pale elves. You can see their veins, much like the more human Philobras. And he's actually using some sort of bathroom. This room is apparently not silenced. And he says in elven, Master, intruders. As soon as he does that, you see that blackness pouring down over your eyes again and then draining away. And you're on top of a building, presumably this one, the whole group's there, and it's lined with several gargoyles along the edges. Some of them are your size, some of them are twice your size, and above you is the darkened sky. There are bars of moonlight coming down through gaps in the clouds. 
you're close to the edge of one of the sides. This whole space could easily be 200 feet across. When you look down, there's an entire city below with different buildings. There's lots of movement. There are troops moving around down there. Very far down, this is like being on a tower. Around the city, you can see trees, and the trees are moving. And occasionally, they stop, and they change directions. A voice says, so you've come, and it's in your ears. You're not quite sure where it's coming from. And one of the gargoyles, which just look like statues, animates and turns your direction. Everybody roll your initiatives. Nine. I got a 12. I got a 16, Mark. John, can you get a 30? Got a, got a 30. 16 myself. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Dan, what'd you get? Three. I rolled a natural one. Oh nice. my gosh. We are on it. <laughs> Relap, you're going to go first. There's a gargoyle that has turned on you. There are several other gargoyles. There are four small ones near you. There's four along each edge for a total of 16. And then there are two large gargoyles that, like I said, are about twice your size. At this point, anyway, only the one has moved. Do these gargoyles all seem to have wings on them? They do, yeah. Okay. I'm going to look over at alternate relop, and we're both going to mutter under our breath that uh, it's a good thing that we have this. We're both going to pull out a couple of feathers and reach out and touch everyone and cast fly at fifth level. Fun. Is that a concentration? Yeah, it's concentration. We're going to back as far away from these guys as possible. More towards the center of the building. Do we need to distinguish who is keeping who in flight since you've got two of you? I will keep it on Merck and Hold. Okay. We're getting a bonus to speed? Yeah, it's a 60 feet fly speed. Yeah, buddy. You do also notice that some of the moonbeams that are coming down shift in an unnatural way. And Merc, it's your turn. Still just one gargoyle moving. How far away is he? 20 feet. Okay. And is there any uh, moonbeams or anything in between me and him? No, they're kind of coming more your direction, but they're more towards the center of the building. Sure. I'll do the crazy fly kind of low and come up and use my body and everything twisting to try to bring a great upward slash. So, first attack, here we go. Oh, that's not awesome. 15. 15 will hit, actually. Oh, nice. You will take 15 points of slashing damage and 6 points of fire damage. And then I'll use that to bring myself up high, and then I'm going to large overhand chop, so I'm going to take the minus 5 on this one. I'm assuming an 8 misses. It does. As I land, I'll try to do a haymaker sideways slash with it. I got 15 again. 15 hits. 23 points of slashing damage and 10 points of fire damage. The first one hits it and it screams out and then you take another swing and it goes a little wide and this last one comes up and drives Destiny through him. It looks like you're hitting rock but it cuts like flesh with that sword, splits him in half and he falls into rock pieces on the top of the tower below you. At that point... Another gargoyle from the same pack there starts moving as well. And one of the big ones that's nearer to you, they're set back a little further. And so it's 30 feet in the other direction from the group, away from where Merc went. And as it does move too, you see that it actually has four arms. The first one that you fought did not. Paul, it's your turn. There's two on the move and you really could go either direction. They're going to split you. Hmm. I think it's in our interest. Let's go after the big guy. 
is he in flight or he is taking flight he just started to move and his wings are going out he's not really off the ground yet all right in that case yeah i'm going right in and let's take a swing lucan's bite that is ac 28 that'll totally hit Fortunately, I don't believe anyone else is engaging on him, so... Yeah, no. It's just 3d6. That will be 17 points of damage as I'm piercing into him with the flaming sword. Alright, come up and dig in. Do you go in with an offhand, or...? No, actually that was just like a two-hand lunge into it. This one doesn't react quite as much. It's kind of like... Really? <laughs> because <laughs> this little guy comes flying at him. That brings us to Lucan then. Alright, am I in melee with anything? At this point, one of them is about 20 feet to your south, and the big one is about 30 feet to your north. Okay, I will adjust and wait for any of them to get closer to me. Okay, then we go to Zan. Zan will move within 10 feet of Holg behind him. And I'll go ahead and throw out a fairy fire onto the big one to the north. Dexterity 18 saving throw. And it will give advantage to Holg. Plus it saves. Yay. It lights up. Next to it, just outside of the light that your sword is giving off, there's a, another creature there. You just lit it up inadvertently. Something was invisible. In a lot of ways, it looks like the gargoyles. It also has wings. But this thing seems to be a little bit more organic as opposed to the stone gargoyles. You just inadvertently found a third target <laughs> by throwing that his direction. All right. So basically, we've got two targets right there close to Holg. One of them was invisible, but is now lit up. Zan, just after you set that off, another figure appears to your right. So if you're facing north towards Holg and the gargoyle and this demon thing, Another figure moves into Beacon's light. It was another invisible figure, but Beacon catches it. And I'd point out, by the way, a lot of the light that you have is reduced here, but Beacon seems to push its way through. But the figure is very large, bigger than he should be, but it's a humanoid figure. He's got a float to him. He's not really walking. He's wearing black robes. It's almost like he's dressed in shadow. And his features are more or less elven pointy ears and angular features and he's carrying a crystal staff he moves close to zan perhaps not realizing that he was suddenly visible he utters something in sounds like elvish but it's not relap would probably verify that it sounds sylvan but he doesn't understand what he said everybody needs to take a deck saving throw don't we have advantage against magical effects from benifer right benifer yeah we have the yeah. shroud this would qualify as a magical effect. So as this occurs, you could feel shielding from got a 22. one of the guys. I rolled a 19 and a 17. I am confident I failed with a 13. I got a 14. That is a 27 for me. Alternate me got 15. I got a 9. The number to beat was 19. Okay. If you failed it, you're going to take 27 necrotic damage. If you beat a 19, you're going to take half of that. So basically what happens is you get this moonlight. He animates your own shadows to attack you. It only lasts for a second. You have to fend it off. If you failed your saving throw, you also are going to lose four points from your strength score for the time being. It saps you of your strength. That's going to be rough. All right. This figure with this staff is 
pretty close at this point to Zan and to Holg. He's going to take one swing at Zan with his staff. I will warding flare. This crystal staff comes out of nowhere almost. He's holding it and suddenly it darts at you. Zan, you sidestep it, glances off your shield. He doesn't seem happy that he was seen. The big gargoyle is going to swing down at Holg. Yep. The initial hit, I will hop to Uncanny Dodge. It's scratching at you with these big stone claws, and you're dodging out of the way, but two of them catch you in the process. He actually had five attacks, but only two of them get past you for 17 slashing damage. That brings us to Relop. I lost concentration for Mark and Holg, so they are no longer flying. I'm going to pull out a uh, magnifying glass, flutter something under my breath, and cast Sunbeam on the critter that's attacking Zan. Needs to make a constitution 18 saving throw. Oh, you did not get it. Takes 44 points of radiant damage. Um, yeah, you hit him good there. He's not able to be blinded. Okay. The other me is going to move up a little bit and cast a cone of cold on him, angling it so that I don't hit Zan. Constitution 16. He made his roll. Okay, he takes 35 half, so 17 points of cold damage. It looks as though it just goes through him, like he was a hologram or something. It just doesn't affect him. You just hit him, you know he's there, but cone of cold doesn't seem to affect him. Okay. He kind of looks at both of you with this scary squint. He's perceiving what he's dealing with. Merc, you're up. Thankfully, you weren't too high up above the tower, but you just did a roll as you lost the ability to fly. How close am I to Philophil? 20 feet away from him. You could charge him. I will do that, and I'll use my bonus action to invoke Pyrian's Blessing for extra okay. fire damage. And I'm going to take my swing at him, despite my crappy new stats. I do believe that's a 22. That'll hit. I'm going to disarming strike him while we're at it. 20 points of slashing damage and 12 points of fire damage. And he owes me a DC 15 strength save. Or drop that staff. When you hit, he holds the staff with both hands and fends off your sword with it. He keeps it. He looks closely at you, and you swear you can see Asher in his features. Give me my brother back as I come back around for a second swing. He's just gritting his teeth as he uses his staff to push off your sword. That'll mess. A 13? Yep. Third and final attack. 16 to hit. 16 misses. Okay. That's my turn. Hulk's turn. So I still have this big gargoyle in front of me that's swinging at me is anyone else engaging him no actually not this one okay but you have advantage oh yeah that's right because of the glowing okay excellent thanks Dan. <laughs> i was trying to help you <laughs> ac 23 that'll hit all right so i'm rolling 11 d6s and this roll had five ones three twos two threes and a five that will be 35 points of damage, and seven of it is fire damage. He's a little bit in a frenzy at this point as you keep chipping at him. It's a weird mix of stone and gore as you cut him. That brings us to Lucan, I think. Am I in melee range of anything? The smaller gargoyle that was moving, he's coming your way. Okay. You could just bat him off as he gets there. All right, are gargoyles considered fiends in this game? 
No, they're elementals, actually. Okay. He will take a quick strike at the gargoyle next to him. Got a 15 to hit. 15 hits. For 13 points of damage. And then he'll take a second swing. And I got a 27 to hit for 20 points of damage. All right, it screeches out. You're not sure if it was coming for you or just for the pack, but it has now stopped and focused on you. The demon-looking thing that was outed accidentally by Zan is going to come in towards her and team up with its master there. Zan, it's just going to come in and swing at you and bite, much like the gargoyles. One claw gets swiped away by Beacon. The bite really doesn't get past your shield. But then one claw is going to come around and clip you. And it does seven points of slashing damage. Just barely clips at a weird spot in your armor. Made my concentration save again. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Fothil is also going to take another swing at you with the staff. When it hits you, it gives you a weird pain that you feel like it's more psychological. It's like a feeling of loss or a feeling of betrayal on top of the fact that he's hitting you with this hard object. You take seven points of bludgeoning damage, and then you take eight radiant, but Lucian is currently shielding you, so you end up taking four points of radiant damage. So 11. I would like to use my reaction to Sentinel Strike, Thulfil. Does a 21 hit? He is going to use his reaction too before the round's up. He makes himself ethereal, so he's going to force disadvantage on the attack. Oh, okay. I got a solution for that later. I guess it's only a 16 then. He goes ethereal, the sword swipes through him, and then he's a little bit back to normal. Made my con save again with a 19 and 20 on advantage, so I'm blowing all the good rolls at least on that. Yeah. Because I got the two right in front of me, she's going to hold Beacon in the air and ignite the Holy Nuke, so she's just going to do her channel divinity. They need to make Constitution 18 saving throws. Whoever's in 30 feet. You're going to catch them all. So there's going to be 28 points of Radiant, half on saves. It also dissolves magical darkness if there is any. Oh, yeah. The little gargoyle, Lucan, the one that you're fighting, turns at you, and then this blast of light shoots him off the side of the tower. The big gargoyle also takes quite a hit, and Fothil clearly is affected as well. The demon screeches out and covers his eyes. She's going to cast Healing Word on herself as a bonus action, so she'll heal herself for 12, and that will be my turn. One of the bars of moonlight reaches you, where Zan and Holgar it's 10 feet wide, so it catches everybody. It just seems to be moonlight. But when that hits, he disappears, and from 150 feet away, you didn't even know that he's there. It's dark over there, right? But this moonbeam comes shooting back your direction, and Relop, he's targeting you. You just see this beam of moonlight. 14 radiant damage, okay. and you're at this point unable to see exactly where it came from. Then the gargoyle is actually going to go. The big gargoyle. Hold, I'm sorry, but you're the guy that's beating on him, so he's going to keep <laughs> after you. Bite and four arms come slashing, and again, he's just going to hit you with two of those. Okay. Uh, I'm going to roll or uh, uncanny dodge on the bite. That's going to be six points of piercing damage. That's already have for you. And then 12 points of slashing damage from his claw. Relapse turn. So Fulfill isn't visible at the moment. Right, yeah, he put himself outside of your dark vision. 
There's still a four-armed gargoyle that's fighting Holg. There's a demon thing that is on Xan. Okay. I'm going to step to the side a little bit and direct the sunbeam at the guy Holg's fighting. The gargoyle? Yeah, at uh, Constitution 18. Uh, he passed it. Nine points of radiant damage. How far away is the demon that's fighting Xan? 30 feet from you. The alternate me is going to stay where I am, pull out a cocoon and cast polymorph on him. Wisdom 16. He didn't have a bonus, but I rolled exactly a 16. Okay. Merc, that's you. I'm going to ignore Thulfil for the moment, even though I probably could track him down. And I'm going to turn on the demon and give it the old overhand chop. 15 to hit. 15 misses. All right. I'll take my second attack. That works. That would be a natural 20. Nice. 20 points of slashing damage and then 11 points of fire damage. But I have a feeling that it does not care about that. You know, it actually doesn't. Good, Good call. But things aren't immune to big, heavy swords. Right. I do have one more attack, too. 27 to hit? Yeah, I'll tell you. 12 points of slashing damage and a number of fire damage that it's going to ignore. The fire's still sparking off of it. As you hit it, it sort of backs into the moonlight as well. It is pretty hard to see in the moonlight. It becomes camouflaged in there. It's not a big deal right now because you're right on top of him. But if he were to get away and dart into moonlight, he might be pretty hard to track down. Okay. Well, that's the whole turn. turn. All right. 26. That'll hit a lot. I'm imagining repeatedly hitting the same area to continue to get through this thick hide. And that is 42 points of damage. Woo! Does it matter what the fire is? It doesn't, no. Okay. This thing staggers back with that. It's getting these cracks. And like I said, it looks like there's gore underneath. It's this weird mix of stone and flesh. It's still there and it's upset, but it's absolutely on its last leg. That brings us to Lucan, right? All right. Is there anything within melee range of me? You can make it in melee range. You can charge the demon from where you are. He's going to charge the demon, and he's going to say, May Lucian's light strike you down! 17 to hit. Is that a hit? Yep. Divine smite in that. 39 points of damage. That smites him. You hit it, and it shatters into the misty moonlight with little sparkles. You send it back to where it came from. Is there anything else in striking range? You would have enough movement to step up to that big gargoyle. All right, so Lacan takes a step up. It takes a swing at the gargoyle. Does a 19 hit? It does. All right. As you come up on the gargoyle, it looks like it's about to take flight, like it's starting to puff up its wings behind it because Holes got it pretty beaten up. All right, Lucan yells, Down, you fiend! And he takes a swing, and we are going to do a divine smite here. 37 points of damage. So Lucan smites that demon and then steps up right beside Holg there and Knight's Fall slices in pretty close to Holg to where you'd been picking at it and it just busts up and crumbles to stone. You don't see any blood or flesh. It reverts back to this stone that they were apparently made from. Right after that happens in the light there, Botho reappears, teleports back to where he came from. So he's really close to most of you, holding this staff, and he pulses out this aura of light. It's a smaller version of what Xan did earlier, in a sense, but it's moonlight. He's able to catch everybody because we're all packed in a relatively close space. 
Everybody take a charisma saving throw. You would have advantage on it because of that effort. Right. 23. I got 26. 21. 19. What happens is you get this chittering in your ears, and for a second, everybody hears these whispers in their ears and almost feel like there's beings standing with you or wrapping themselves around you. And everybody pushes it off, except for Relop, who is affected until the end of your next turn, as if you were affected by the confusion spell. He has to roll at the beginning of his turn, and he'll do random stuff, depending on what he rolls. I think it's Sand's turn. So is he, like, right in front of me again? Is he in melee again with me? Yeah, he put himself right in the middle so that he could use that pulse. She will raise her sword up and slam it into the ground. It will create three Valkyrie angels to flight around her with spiritual guardians. It's like an aura around me that flit around you a distance of 15 feet for the duration in all directions from me. When I cast this spell, I can designate any number of creatures to be unaffected by it. So I'll choose my friends. An affected creature's speed is halved while they're in it. When they enter the area for the first time, or if it starts its turn there, it must take a wisdom saving throw, and it'll take some radiant damage. It's there right now, so it needs to make a wisdom 18 saving throw. I'm also casting it at level 4, because it'll do 48 damage. He did pass it. Okay, so he'll take half of 25, so he'll take 12. So it's just kind of a whirlpool of radiant angels flying around and slashing all the bad guys around her. He's going to take one more legendary action here before the round's up. Danny's going to try to hit you with his staff again. A warding flare. Staff comes by, and the flare seems to affect him, and he missed. I would like to sentinel strike. Maybe hit. hit. 16 points of slashing damage, 12 points of fire damage, and heals me a DC 15 strength checker. He loses that staff. Staff goes flying away from him and clangs on the stone top of the tower. And he looks at Merc like he can't believe that that just happened. So he reached out to attack Zan. She flared him in the face. He got blinded. Merc came in, hooked the sword underneath, sliced his arm, and disarmed the staff out of his hand. Right. That's pretty sweet. Cool. <laughs> Cinematically sweet. Both the teleports. You see him leave this beam of light and then jump into another one, which has conveniently, because he seems to be controlling them, moved itself over to touch the crystal. He's about 40 feet away from you, and he picks the staff back up. At the beginning of Fulfill's turn, he needed to roll a wisdom saving throw and take some damage from my guardians when he started his oh, turn there. gotcha. He's going to take full damage on this one. Okay, and it is going to be 22 radiant. He also is going to take a shot. He uses the staff almost like a gun or something. This light shoots through the crystal, and this moonlight comes shooting back at Merc. What? What did I ever do? Hits you for 36 radiant damage. No save? No, it's just a targeted shot. Spell attack. But that is his turn, and now we get to go to Relapse. Relapse, you now have a target. He's visible. In fact, he's in moonlight. Roll the D10, Relapse. Roll a 9. You did roll 9? Perfect. Act normally. Okay. <laughs> Is that really what it says? Yeah. Nine ten. Like that's... Act normally. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Would have been <laughs> awesome to see him do something goofy. I'm gonna direct the beam at him again. It's a 18 count saving throw. He saves. 20 points of radiant damage. My alternate's just gonna sit around. By the way, at this point too, there is smoke coming up the sides of the building and ambient light from the fire that apparently has 
started to engulf the building beneath you. Burke's turn. And he said he was 40 feet away. Yep. I'm going to smirk at him a little bit and say, You know, my brother taught me this trick once. He seems like he's taught you this trick too. And he's going to wield the sword around him in this kind of lazy arc and then step into where the arc used to be and appear 30 feet closer to him out of the flames. And then he's going to rush the last 10 feet and try to stab him. Nice. And he's going to do that ethereal thing for this attack. 19 to hit. 19 will hit. 18 points of slashing damage. 16 points of fire damage, and he owes me another strength check to keep the stat. <laughs> You're going to be able to tell me how you want to do this. The sword comes in, and he tries to catch it, and then he flicks at the right moment. The staff goes flying straight up the air. Thofil looks up, and I run him through, kick him off the edge, and catch the staff. Watch him plummet off the edge and go, that's for my brother. Disappears into the smoke and fire. You can see that there's turmoil going on down below. There's a lot of troops in this town. It's a fortress city, and it's still moving. The trees around you are on the move and sporadic in their movement. And you're all standing on top of this burning tower in the Shadowfell with a crystal staff that is supposed to be Nox tied to this world. How fragile does it look? Well, it looks fragile. You know, it's made of crystal, but it's pretty sturdy. I put the, the sword away, and I look up at everybody, and I say, you might want to stand back in case this goes stupid. And I wait for everybody to move away, and I'll just see if I can snap it over my knee. It is far too strong for that. Hmm. Bruises you up a little bit. Lucan walks up, pushes Merc aside, lights up his sword, and says, may Lucan strike you down! And he hits the stab. It doesn't shatter. It makes a loud noise, a little bit of a resonance to it when you hit it. Anybody proficient in religion, go ahead and make a check. Come on, Zan, get that 30. <laughs> you need a natural one. I just rolled for a six. I got a 22. <laughs> I got a 22. Copycat. Lucan and Merc are both standing there. Merc has put his sword away, but Lucan's got his light sword in his hand, and he's got this flaming sword, and you've got this light sword. And you do remember all the stories about Nock. Or light and fire working together. Merc, let's do this together. Sure. You ready? Yeah. I'll uh, light up Destiny one more time. Let's do this. As Pyrian and Lucian against Nock. You both raise your swords and strike it together. It shatters as if it was glass. And the sound of it is amplified. It echoes through the place. And the building actually rumbles a little bit. Everybody make a quick strength check. Ooh, natural one. 17. 22. 9 and 7. Hulk and Zan keep their feet, but everybody else is knocked back as the city that has been moving around apparently finds breaks and it comes to a halt. You didn't quite feel as though you were moving, but now that the ground underneath you stopped, it knocks a few of you over. The city has actually started on fire, and some of the buildings are starting to fall, but not from the fire. There was something magical here that was connected to this that is starting to fall apart. And so from this bird's eye view, there's all this fire down below. There are torches and these light crystal weapons and things that the Guadrim use. 
a lot of them are fleeing the city out into the wood that surrounds it. Some of them are being annihilated by buildings falling on them. And this building starts to feel like it's starting to wobble on you. Then now would be a good time for that spell to send us back to the real world. Grab my hands. We do so. <laughs> I have plane yep. shift repaired, so we'll cast plane shift. So everybody stumbles together real quick. A couple of those gargoyles start falling off the side of the building as one wall's giving way, and she hits this note on the tuning fork, and everyone's eyes flash with white as you return to the material plane. The sun's just going down. You are in a thickly wooded area, very possibly the Great Wood. There's one game trail that a couple of you appear on. You're a little bit scattered, you know, within five, ten feet of each other. You're deep in the woods somewhere. Fine. I focus for a moment and try to sense the nearest Wolnir. Quite a ways south. Yeah. Well, we're north of the woods end. Hey, real life, you wouldn't happen to have, by chance, a teleportation circle that at least get us to the woods end, do you? No. No, I did not prepare. <laughs> Well, do we just take a night here? And... I, I think I could use a nap. <laughs> I could try to send to someone, see if they can find us. We're out in the Great Woods. Do the trees look as big as the Great Woods were? This actually looks more ancient than where you'd been before. This is maybe even wilder, but it seems very likely that that's where you are. We can get ourselves back tomorrow. What's one more night in the woods? Like, you can still do that dome thing, right? Yeah, there's nothing to fear around here. You spend the night in the Great Wood, in the safety of Relop's dome. You see quite a few scary things at night, you know, and hear things rustling through. But you're relatively safe and somewhat camouflaged in the foliage. Morning comes. As we're getting breakfast, Lucan turns to the group and says, Well, we're done. We did it. Does that mean we're legends now? <laughs> I think we were legends before, but somebody will sing our song. Uh, we got that already. The rest of the song. <laughs> I know Darwin will be excited to hear about all this. Probably. Zan, I think we can finally start sleeping again. I at least have... for a while. I suppose. We have a lot of work to do. Or I have a lot of work to do, at least. What's your next step, Zan? What are we going to do? The Lucite Church is like a broken bone. It needs to be reset, cast, and mended. But in a better way this time. Different. Yeah. And that will only happen under the leadership of Card. I need to heal him immediately. Yeah, we're going to have to fix the Tharaval situation, too. Got to make sure we clear his name and make sure he's okay. Card can do that. I think so. Hulk, what's your plan? Oh, I guess I have my retirement fund. I have a couple of things that close up in Prince Home, and I think I'm going to go to the farm. Awesome. I got these seeds. I'm going to see if they'll take root. I have faith that they will. Yeah, I think they will too. Your family's going to be really happy to see you, and they're going to be very proud of you. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a good life. What about you, Merc? I got a sword to purify. And after that, I don't know. Maybe go chase after some orcs. 
the real ones up past the dwarf. I'll raised an eyebrow at that a little bit. You're just going to keep on going, huh, Mark? No rest for the wicked. I'm not surprised. So, Rila, you've had enough adventures? Or are you coming with me? What you doing? Well, I can probably go with you for a little while. I don't think I have anything particularly pressing. Would like to swing back past Rontman and talk to Renwell for a little while. See if I can't pick a few spells out of his head. Yeah, why not? The foreman's still around. Oh, yeah. You do owe her dinner. Well, friends, I guess after uh, Wood's End, we'll be separating ways. Uh, if you ever find yourself back down around Prince Home, stop on by. Yeah, will do. Yeah, don't be strangers. Hulk, I can give you a ride down to Prince Home, or at least pretty close. I'd like that. Yep. All right, you ready? About as ready as I'm going to be. So Relop finishes his circle, casts his spell, and there's a rustling in the trees just about the time that, that your visions shift into the new setting of Wood's End. Still cold. Winter has come. There's snow on the big tree in the middle of town. But the sky is clear and blue, and the sun has an orange sheen in a way that seems different somehow. The funeral for Tapius Volnair. Merc cleaned up. The armor even has been shined and things of that nature. The one thing you notice is that he uh, has been carrying this one longsword with him from the beginning. A non-magical longsword. And he's no longer carrying it. His uncle approaches him and Merc looks him in the eye and simply says, No, uncle. I am not returning. I'm done. I have filled this place, and I have other things to do, to include purging the curse off Grandfather's sword. It's my fault it's cursed in the first place. I should never have left it. He uh, turns and walks, and his sister falls in beside him, and he just kind of looks at her. It would be safer here for you. And she just keeps walking with him, and he shrugs a little bit. You see him walk past a large sign of sorts and it has a list of names and he stops and looks at it and you see that his name is at the top and it's for the farthest distance of a javelin thrown i'm not even a javelin thrower how do i still have this kind of shakes his head a little bit him and his sister arrive and there's relop at the gates out of town well, it's probably going to be a cold, bitter ride. Or are you going to take a spell this time? Relapse casts teleportation circle for him and his simulacrum back to where he first encountered in the first temple north of Bream. And he spends the next couple of days using a combination of pass well and fabricate to dig a tunnel that gets blocked off on its own as it delves further and further into the ground. 
once he's fairly deep into the earth, sets about using his fabricate to create a small mud cyst embedded with all sorts of gems. Pulls out his portable hole and dumps all the jugs of salt water into it. And spends the next 12 hours casting clone. Alright buddy, this is where I'm going to hold you for a little while. Just need you to keep an eye on this. Make sure that it grows up. Xanafina will make her way to wherever she can find where Card is. Using the elemental waters, she's able to cure Card. They spend much of that winter reestablishing parts of the church, but making massive changes to it. She's hoping that the Contrari will abdicate their claim to the Pope title and give it to Card himself so that he can create any reformed version of the Lucite Church that is much more open and allowing of magic users and Pyrians, specifically reopening diplomatic ties with the Pyrian lands and the Pyrian church themselves, Xanophia being a mediary between the two of them. She'll spend much of the winter making sure that the church is coming back together and is making those uh, types of mending. She'll be sure to meet with friends, family that she has in Lucidum, and of course make her way back to Princeholm as soon as possible as well. Uh, she'll want to see her mother and her other family that's there in Princeholm. As the winter months roll on and the changes seem to be making in the way that she's happy, people around Xanophia will get the sense that she's restless. As spring will dawn over the lands, she will start making preparations in secret. And one day people will come into her room. The phylactery of Amastasia will be sitting on her bed along with a letter. It just says, be back soon. You'll see Xanophia riding Siana, heading westward. She has plans to once again see a divine cave that she saw a long time ago. She wants to look for her horse's namesake. And at the very least, she has a gunslinger to visit. And she'll ride into a western sunset. That's what I'm thinking, Jericho. We get back to Prince Hall, get the family name straightened out, and find some time to relax a bit. Zan? Yeah, I don't think she's ready to settle down anytime soon. I think she's ready to move on without me. She'll do great. I'm quite proud of her. Hey, what do you think of this idea? Maybe I'll start up a stable. One that has horses, of course. But maybe one that has a bunch of unique animals as well. No, I won't forget about you, silly. I think I will call it something like Lucan's unbelievable, cunning, astounding, natural stable. What do you think? Oh, you think so? Yeah, I'm kind of loving that name too. I don't know why. Just something about it. What's that, Jericho? Oh yeah, yeah. Hopefully the darkness stays away from this world for a while. If it doesn't, I'll be right back to step into the fight. Hulk comes up over a ridge. Off in the distance, he can see a small cottage. He's recognized it as his family's home that they've started on the farm. Uh, he begins walking that way. Camera cuts away, and it's back in Prince home. It shows kind of like an office, almost guildmaster chamber. And then this large 
oversized desk and behind it is open windows and at the desk itself is seated Nautic. He is slumped over and in his back is Toreador's malice. And on the desk is a note written in the blood of Nautic saying, you don't mess with family. And we cut back to that cottage and it's Hulk enjoying a morning breakfast before he heads out to do chores. He sits with his family as they plan their day and he quickly glances over and up on the wall is mounted Lucan's Bite and the Lucite Steel Short Swords. And just beneath them is a small altar dedicated to Lucian that catches the morning sun rays. Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the Floor. Please check out our website at d4onthefloor.com. That's the letter D, the number four, onthefloor.com for more great gaming content.